This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Look at that, um, small, there we go, bit of Viagra, it always helps late on a Sunday evening. How are you doing? Have you enjoyed your weekend? Um, if you can't enjoy this weekend, then I think you will struggle to meet any weekend. Um, I tell you what, 
Did anybody get a bit of deja vu with the, well, not exactly 100% deja vu, but with the uh, the Watford playoff game, last-minute goal in extra time? Celebrate, oh, all, all we needed was Harry Winks to take his top off and whirl it above his head, and we'd have been back there, wouldn't we? But it was, and we're here to talk about it. West Bromwich Albion 1, Leicester City 2. Good evening, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good night, goodbye. Hello. Welcome along wherever in the world you are. This is LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Please do subscribe and like the video. And... Um, if you are listening on your favourite podcast platform, thank you for lending me your ears. Next time you can get a bit of that wax out, that would be great. Feel free to join in the comments. Ant already has Ant's Leicester fan channel. Uh, get over if you haven't subscribed yet. Give him a, a subscription and a follow. It's a great channel. Zidane has posters of Harry Winks on his wall and wears KDH pyjamas. Thank God you didn't go down to the underwear, Ant. Uh, but do get over, check his channel out. It's a great channel. Um... That's it. Basically, this is the review show. I've got my normal uh, co-host and, uh, and uh, uh, and well, one of us is beauty, one of us is a beast. I'll leave it up to you to work that one out. Uh, but Brad, uh, let's get him in after this. I didn't realize I've just pressed the wrong uh, <laughs> the, the wrong video there. But look, you're not playing yeah. Brad. <laughs> Hello. What I, Mr. I am. for you today? Yeah, yeah, I'm um, struggling with sleep at the moment, but uh, it helps me enjoy an early kickoff. So, you know, yeah. one, one bad thing is one good thing, I guess. Um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to try it again. Here we go. I just want to show off my last team in the Champions League T-shirt. That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what a feeling. What a feeling. Yeah, it is. It was a good feeling. There was uh, lots of pessimists going around. Me, me, the leader of the pessimist army before the game. Um, um, and even those that maybe predicted a win were coming in saying, "Oh, my head says less. Uh, my head says West Brom, but my heart says Leicester." So it it was nice for once, Chris, and it's not happened too many times this season. I mean, nineteen games in, fifteen wins tells you how very little it's happened to us this this season. Um, there was nerves and maybe a bit of pessimism around the ground, so it was nice to be on the end of the result being a positive one and going, oh, well, why was we so worried for? I mean, 94th minute winner, considering an 89th minute equaliser. I think we had something to be uh, a little bit disdained about, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, the one week I didn't go for a 2-1 Leicester win. <laughs> this is what happened. I know. I know the worst thing is, obviously, I write mine down and I write yours next to us because we do the prediction show. Go and check that out if you like predictions and seeing how me and Chris make a fool of ourselves. Although this week keeps going, it's Chris starting to make a fool of himself soon. It'll be him getting the mockeries. Um, you know, I actually, I actually gave you three points for the game, and then I realised I'd wrote two one down to Leicester in the actual score column that I make, and I was like, oh no, we went two two. That's no points for Chris, and that continued for you. 
for a long time during the week to say just saying you've not had the best of weeks you kept for all oh, you're frozen now you're a bit laggy by end so i don't know if you've tried to interrupt me now, i think no. my i know my internet is playing up here so um i apologize in advance i'm hardwired in but for some reason the weather down here is a bit stinky poo and i can see it is showing me weak signal so i'm presuming i'm, I'm i've been freezing at your end because of that signal. just a bit mate although i didn't know if you were just being stone-faced because i was telling you how bad you had done in the predictions league this week <laughs> uh no i missed that thankfully um but look hey look we can't win anyway so that's the point really just there to make the yeah we're up. just here for exactly we're here to make everybody else feel better that's what we're here for this is, this is what we do yes by us not doing well you guys feel like you uh, you feel happier um yeah. right well uh, i want to start on first of all uh, and i'd forgotten this was today away to millwall in the third round of the uh, fa cup yes yes um we all well i i don't know if you if you can remember it chris but do you remember the last time we played millwall in the cup yes chilwell shit himself didn't he when he was taking the throw in yeah he did he cracked his pants taking the throw in and it was up until recent years we we, we cursed it because it was the fifth round of the fa cup and we we, we were starting to feel with how the rounds previous has gone and the way the draw was going um that beating Millwall because that would have put us in the quarterfinals, wouldn't it? Or was it the quarterfinals we played I can't a bit? Remember, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, you know, we would have got Tottenham in the next round. I know that much. I remember that much. And we, at that point, we felt like really annoyed, not just because we'd lost to Millwall, but because we felt that maybe our best opportunity to have gone on in the tournament and potentially won our first FA Cup. Who, who, who knew what the future hold more for more for us? But uh, yeah, let's hope it's not a repeat of that. I mean, I want to break free. I felt like I bursting into a Queen song then. I want to win every game. Obviously, I do. When we got knocked out of the FA Cup to um, to Liverpool, yeah, and uh, sorry, of the, of the Caribou Cup to Liverpool this season, I'm kind of like, well, so what, you know? Uh, and I'm a bit like that with the FA Cup as well, because I do think the less distractions we've got and maybe the more distractions that the the other teams around us have it's going to be a good thing yes if we go on and win the fa cup i want us to uh, are we likely to actually go all the way and win it i doubt it uh, this season um you know when you look at uh, some of them we'll talk obviously about game plans and, uh, and tactics later but you know when you look at sort of how many times we're giving the ball away and how many shots the opposition are having we won't if we get a Premier League side, we'll be we'll be dumped on. Um so if we get knocked out, I won't be honestly bothered. Uh I mean it's different this year, isn't it? Because they're in our division. So it's not like we'd be going out to a to a team in a lower division. That's well, always something we kind of want to we won't be doing a red yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we won't be getting on a banana skin and, and slipping on it. So Look, I, I think it's kind of a it's kind of a win-win for Leicester because um, obviously we all love an FA Cup tie. We all do, no matter no matter whether we're really that fussed about us going far in it or not. Obviously, you'd love to be able to go far in it and still keep the league form going. But at the end of the day, who knows, Chris? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this quietly for everybody because because I don't want to scare Enzo into changing his mind. 
that may be when we see Tom Cannon play. You never know. I mean, it's January, so I don't know whether Kells will have gone by then. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I think it's in and around, and he does go. So, but I mean, he is the FA Cup king, so maybe I've just jinxed that as well. But you know, <laughs> it, it is, it is, it, it is the perfect fixture, depending on Leicester's position. Because if Leicester were over this Christmas period, and I'm just talking hypothetically here, but if Leicester were to be pulling away from third place, not necessarily second, because again, we're kind of like we'd love to win it, but first and second do the same job in terms of getting you automatically promoted. Uh, but if we were to have like a really decent gap over over third, you could imagine that, you know, Enzo might go, well, why not try a little bit of a cup run? Let's, let's get into the fourth round. Let's have a, a little bit. Gives, gives him a chance to use some players that are on the cusp of the first team or coming mm. back from injuries, etc. So, I mean, we'll see on the day. I mean, I can imagine Stark Chicken that would play in that game, but we'll see because it'd be nice to have a luxury in that game of not really worrying about it too much, whether we win or lose it, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Uh, I just want to show because obviously we are the, uh, the the kings of mistakes on here, aren't we? Uh, but I don't know whether you can see this, Brad. You probably can't. Um, but just let about. me just. Can anybody spot the deliberate error? Now, I spotted this last night uh, when I was in bed. And yes, all I ever do when I'm in bed is look at Leicester City videos. Uh, but can you spot the deliberate mistake there? And this is on the LCFC uh, channel. I cannot see. Oh, I do. Yes, I do. I see the obvious mistake right there in yes. the title. Yes, exactly. Winks wins it. West Bromwich Albion won, Leicester City won. That's a bit like when America, when they the fat time they beat us in the World Cup in like 1950 odd, and uh, the all the American papers said uh, uh, America USA win one one something like that. Um, so, sounds about right. It took me a second. I was like, I can't see the little details, so I took my camera off, and then I looked down yeah. and went, oh, oh, it says one one. That's that's wrong. <laughs> says better than the vids i watch in bed we don't want to know ant we don't want to know um but we can guess can't we we can guess nate's in uh, hello nate how are you i think you mentioned about a week ago brad we know he's a good player when but when's the last time you were impressed with the mavadidi performance well we'll come on to that later yeah. we're going to go through uh the start star it to remind yourself chris just start yeah. yourself to remind you if you want yeah. to just to make sure but yeah. I, I will answer that because it has been a while yeah um, in fact, you can talk about that in, in when when you do your, your tactics and what have you. Uh, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go through the the the, the um, uh, stats first, and then uh, the most important stat of all, though, makes all the other stats look redundant. There we are, top of the table. It, you know, yes, we've had a little bit of a bad run. If we kind of start drawing a few go games but still keep winning we're, we're not i mean it's a case of to everybody else look catch us if you can can't we and it was a well, yeah. performance i think yesterday yeah it really was because i think the likes of leeds southampton and and, and especially Ipswich, who who fair play to them they did do their jobs uh at the weekend as well they, they they did get their wins but they must have been rubbing their hands and licking their lips at the early kickoff thinking ah leicester Drawn against Sheffield. Now, not to re-bring up the prediction league, but <coughs> Sheffield not not getting a point off Sheffield's for everybody, is it, Birmingham? 
Um, uh, who laughed at me, Chris? Who laughed at me for predicting just a Wednesday win? I thought we'll I thought that. a very stu astute prediction from Yeah, you were laughing because I was so smart in predicting it. Of course, Chris, I get exactly what. But no, again, you look at the league table and then it, it kind of brings you back down to earth a little bit, doesn't it? Because mm. at the end of the day, as I always say, Chris, I try and look at Leicester. I know you, when we do the prediction show and we talk about Leicester and the form guide, I know we'll talk about that in a minute. It's mm. over six games. And I understand why they've got to collect a bit more data to kind of make it a bit more accurate. But I try and look at Leicester's form over two to three games. And realistically, if you'd have told me was going to get seven points out of our last three games, out of nine, our last three games being Watford, Sheffield, and that, I maybe would have thought the baggies would have been the draw and not Sheffield Wednesday. But I still would have been very happy with seven points out of nine. So really, realistically, if you if you keep looking at it like that, you now look at it and go, okay, well if we beat Plymouth. That will be six out of six from the West Brom game because I can't. I kind of carry it on from yeah. the last game of that three, if that makes sense. So then it'll be but like, okay, that's six out of six. Table, it's always the last six. So game six, mm. when we play another one, drops off. Yeah. So yes, you yeah. do. You do move forward. So then all of a sudden, we'd we'd have had what three wins, a draw, and two defeats on our last six. So it looks yeah. a lot better, and then it gets better and well, better the more they come in. Talking of the form table, there you go. You see, um, I mean, we are we are now up to seventh. Uh, where we were 10th because, like I say, game six drops off and the new one's added on. Uh, it's Leeds, Southampton, West Brom are all top. And we're quite away. Well, I say we're quite away. We're only two wins off those. And, you know, we do know that all those three teams at the top, Leeds, Southampton, West Brom, can all drop points. They're all capable of dropping points. Um yeah, so, yeah, and, and and the thing to look at as well, Chris, is I don't know how they've been doing against each other, but you look at that top three. Well, we beat two out the top three, and you just imagine in terms of not just the form, but the league table, they all have to play each other. I don't know if they still have to play each other before the turn of the year. I don't look at their fixture list, but no, no, if no, that, no. it'd be interesting to know what their results are against each other because we've got the pickings against them. If somebody in the chat just wants to have a look, when do you no know, do Leeds, Southampton, and West Brom have to play each other in the in the near future? Then please post it, and uh, it, it, that that would be interesting. Uh, John says, "Are you karma today, Chris?" <laughs> so how it's happened? You uh, we got the winner. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, Brad. And as much as I said about you swearing, I was swearing a lot. You probably saw it, uh, and, and I did put it up as a short and. Uh, <laughs> And YouTube went, this isn't suitable for all advertisers. So I, I, it was my moment then. But I don't, I, it was the winning goal, 94th minute. I did get a Yeah, you're allowed it. Yeah, not, not allowed, not good for my heart. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, Scott yeah. says, is in evening all, hope you're well. Welcome along, Scott. Hope you are well as well. Um, as well, well. Uh, did you get the Leicester result right, though, Brad? Asked John. Ooh. <laughs> well. Uh, asshole, John. No, but I did. Um, I, I will happily tell you that I had uh, I had a very good week, John. I had a very good week. I don't know what the Bristol Norwich score was. No, um, I was thinking that I don't either. Um, but at the moment, but currently, John, I got one correct result and I have a whopping nine. But in fact, did I get a correct result? I don't think so. I think I just scored nine points throughout. Wow. Uh, so I'd have... Oh, yes, yes, I did. I had the Swansea-Huddersfield game on because of a lovely late goal by Swansea 
and I picked up a lovely point, which would have cursed you, Chris, because uh, Plymouth scored in the 97th minute. And oh. I went 3-1, and you had 2-2. So you was on for a point until the 97th minute. So, uh, well, I can't say it's Doug, because he's about 400 points ahead of me. But, Chris, I'm coming for you. And he, he's just told me there, 2-1 Norwich. Oh, no, ho, 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 he's gone on to 12 points. I went 2-1 Norwich. <laughs> oh, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Just like Tottenham, I'm coming for you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you can clip that now. You can oh you clip it now. I, oh, I, dear. I don't I don't believe it. Uh, I I don't got, John says he got so no, I got let me just add my points. I, I'm I'm a bit I am a bit little bit peed off here, so I've got none none none. Yeah guys, none, here's his score before he none. looks up. I got one point there. Oh, one point there, none there, none there, none there, none there, none there. I got two points, I think. Uh, did you know I got you down for? I got you well. You, I'm, I'm an optimist, then. No, I got you down for four because you went. Well, this is what I've got for you. I've got you down for a point for the Ipswich game because you yep. went three-one. Yes. I've got you down for a point for the Leeds game. Because you went two yeah. one, yes. I've got you down for a point for Southampton Cardiff, because you went yeah. three one, yeah. And I've got you down for a point for Swansea Huddersfield because you went nil nil. Oh, did that end up one one? Yes, that's why oh. I got three points oh. for it because I went one one. Ah, right. Sorry, right. I, I, it was one nil when I wrote it down here. Oh, four points. Yeah, they four points then. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're coming from the bottom spot, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, no, I am. I, I'm just, it's, yeah, we can't win anyway, Brad, you and me. No, so. we're just here for the lols, mate. But I'm we finally are. in the 100 gang, everybody. Yeah. Hey, I get me, I get me wooden spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't if I take it off you. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so let us get back to the game. So, uh, the lineup. Sorry, Sorry um, folks. Yeah, I'm sorry as well. We got I got I got carried away there. Uh, the lineup, um, Cody dropped, and I don't think that was necessarily fair on Cody. Um, but he seems to like Faze. And look, you know, Fatawu maybe should start, but he seems to come on better. Like I said this before, haven't I? He seems to play better when he comes on as the sub, a bit like uh, a certain Damari Gray. Uh, never played very well when he started, but didn't do too bad when he came on as a sub. Um, I, that that starting lineup, but I feel a bit sorry for Cody because I don't think he did particularly much wrong. No, he didn't. But the system needed to go back to what it was, and I understand. Um, obviously, Maraska can't help injuries happening with with the Doyle injury, and obviously, no place for Thomas or uh, Christensen in his plans. But obviously, I think we saw against Wednesday that. If we get an injury out on that left, we struggle because we have to go to a three at the back. Uh, but it also shows you how impressive your Danish pastry love child and uh, and Faze are doing as a pairing because uh, you know that expression, Chris. What's not broke, don't you know? Don't fix what's not broke, sort of thing. And yeah. as much as we all thought Cody would get into the team, I would honestly say right now, 
Vestergaard's in this team, so listen carefully, Chris. But that is our strongest starting eleven that he puts out. I, I think it is. I think it is. And you can see that the, the regular change he was making at the start is not now. Because, you, know, yeah. um, you know, apart from when we've got two games in a week, and you understand that there's going to be more changes. Um, he never made, I mean, he only made two substitutions. We'll come on to that later. But yeah, I think that is our strongest starting lineup. Um, proves that, you know, with, with, with the fact that, you know, the result yesterday. I feel a bit sorry for Cody. Faze, Faz, whatever you want to call him, is playing well. You can't deny that. You know, he, uh, we know, I, you know, you can say feel Wednesday. And I, I was the first to say Vestergaard was awful in that game, as much as everybody else was. Nobody shone, did they, in, in that game at all? No. Um, no. Uh, to any degree. So, uh, but yeah, they, they, they played well. And we're going to come on to the, the, the player ratings later. Um, it did indeed, John. It did indeed. Um, Alien Atto's killer pass. A four the man move there. Same. A four man move that was. Um, but look, let's uh, let's have a look at how the game panned out. Again, you'll struggle to see this, so I'm going to sort of uh, read it for you, Brad. I'm just going to make it larger for myself. Um, my eyes aren't what they use. I should have gone to spec savers. Um, so, um, I mean, straight away for 46 minutes was an, I think just before half time, although it was the 46 minute, uh, they had to make a substitution due to an injury. Uh, Phillips went yeah. off, didn't look like too much of an injury, but um, uh, it, it, it was. Um, obviously, John Swift came on, then we made our first substitution at 62 minutes. Uh, Mavadini coming off, Fataru coming on. Um, and that, like we say, let's talk about Mavadidi because of that. It, it wasn't one of his better games, was it? No, it wasn't. He had a few chances, and I think Luke brought this up in our post match. There was a few moments where you feel like maybe he's lacking a bit of confidence because I don't want to say that Furlong had him in his back pocket because he did beat him a few times, but he allowed him to kind of put him back in his pocket. Because he mm. delayed a few things, didn't he? he I yeah. I saw his two chances during the game, um, and I was like, "Oh, just hit it first time or cross it first time would be." Um, it's it's it. There is something clearly off with Mavadidi at the moment, and I don't I don't know if it's because we like you said, Chris. Not only have the sub sort of stopped happening at a regular pace like they were for the first like seven or eight games of the season mm -hmm. but teams are settled down now they've settled into a manager's way of thinking if it's a new manager they've they've settled into a formation they've been training regularly week in week out playing regularly not just week in week out but sometimes like, like we've said midweek week in sort of thing um so it's a bit tougher for for Mavadidi to have that flair because he's he's whilst he's still relatively unknown He's he's like he's more known than what he was, isn't he? And people are a bit more alert to what he's capable of doing. I, I think that's hindering him a little bit. Maybe if it's possible, we could do to him what we did to McAteer. Because we saw, and I'll talk about it more in a tactical thing, but mm. McAteer being a bit more versatile um is helping him. Maybe it's something we could do to yeah. keep the confusion going. And says there he was not great, but he still worked his socks off. He you did. Still, he did work. Yeah, his socks and, off. and that's fine. But you know, you, 
Akinbayi worked his socks off virtually every game, didn't he? But, you know, he was... If it's not working for you, it's not working for you. And the fact, if, he, if it wasn't working for him and um, it was... Uh, so I'm looking for... If it wasn't working for him and he wasn't putting the effort in, then we wouldn't see him again. Do you know what I mean? But... Um, yeah. And it might have just have been that game and who you're up against and what have you. Let, let, let's be honest. But uh, there's no point uh, no point being a, a chicken without a head, is there? Uh, Ricardo Pierre got booked in the 66th minute. Um, that was annoying. Uh, but I don't think he necessarily was having a go at the referee. He was just kept having a go. But I think the referee might have said, OK, fine, walk away. And then he carried on. And that might have been his problem. But I always... It annoys me when players get yellow cards for that, especially now because he'll, he'll miss the Plymouth game just the game before that everything's written off. Yeah, it was annoying because if he'd have gone, if he'd have gone and made a tackle, a goal saving tackle or something like that and got a yellow card, you'd have gone, oh, oh, he's suspended, but great. At least he made that challenge in this game. That, that was needed. You know, at least he didn't back yeah. out of it over a he, cho he chose. He, yeah. Took, he took one for the team in in area of suspension, and, and look, we we're a little bit more capable on that right on that right side of the field. You know, we know Chowdhury or Albrighton. I just noticed and post his name up there, uh, mm -hmm. can fill in that position. Um, so it's not like the end of the world not having Ricardo in there. As, as I wouldn't say, it feels like the end of the world on the left hand side, but it's it's a more it's, it's an area we've got more in depth in. So, but it was, it was like, why have you talked yourself into the yellow card? I know you're the captain, but there must have been points during that game, Chris, that we obviously don't get the chance to see where every time a decision went against Leicester or whatever, he was in the referee's ear. And I, it almost felt like, like the referee's body language was kind of like, you know what? I've told you enough. I've had enough. Here's a card. Piss yeah. off. Sort yeah. of thing with the greatest of. No, 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 I agree. Sometimes it can be a accumulation. It's like, you know, quite often when it's a foul, you can see the ref going, you know, third time now, you're in the book sort of thing, you know. Mm. Well, that's your second, one more, you'll be in. Um, talking about being in, Kieran Dewsby Hall's goal, uh, assisted by um, Magic Feet Wolf. Uh, and when I was looking back at the highlights, was that... I watched, and I'm trying to get into ITV4's championship review or, or EFL review, but it's shite. It really, really is. Um, I know they've got a lot of games to cover, but give it separate programmes for the different leagues. It absolutely is rubbish. So when I was looking back at the various streams, the EFL one, the Leicester City one, uh, we, we'd done exactly the same a few minutes before uh, where, 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 where Wilford got a lovely good crossing, but, it, but nobody was on the end of it. But this time... Jewsbury Hall, I haven't seen him score many with his head. No, I haven't. Um, but uh, you could tell, again, and I'll touch on it more uh, later yeah. on, but you're right. It was the second It was the second time uh, that counted. But, uh, you know, um, that ball seems to be something that is training ground S because uh, it's almost like Fatawu didn't look anywhere else than for Wolf's run or signal that he was going to make the run, and he just rolled it into him, and it was both times pretty much inch perfect. And, and well, I thought it was going to go out. I mean, I, it was almost like the ball's there, mate. You better go and get it. And I thought it had actually gone out. No, no. If you, it, I think it's on the Leicester City website uh, where 
extended highlight package. Uh, for the goal one, at least, you actually see Wilf with his arms stretched out, like, yes, play it into me. And that's where he just softly rolls oh, it in. Okay. I, I, I don't want to make too much comparisons. Again, when I make comparisons, it's not necessarily talking on talent level or anything like that. But do you no. remember Mares and Fuchs used to roll the ball like that to Vardy? Mm. I know yeah. it was more to Vardy. But the same example, they used to leisurely roll the ball as if they were kicking it out of play slowly. And then all of a sudden, you just see Varley would run past the defender and get on the end of it and, and we'd, we'd be going bananas because he'd score. But it seems like Wilf, Wilfred and Fatawu have that sort of understanding with them uh, this season. Because it's yeah. the same sort of nonchalant pass. Like you said, it looked like he just rolled it out of play for a goal kick and all of a sudden there's Wilf with a magic cross. And then there was a flurry of um switches for uh west brom they made one two they made four switches all within the space of 10 minutes uh so um yeah it's good to uh, you know they made those changes and surprisingly not meant not any well there was one change uh on the 87th minute indeed he came off but maybe that was fatigue i don't know and, and cassidy came on but he didn't really respond to it did he marquesa Sorry, what was that, Chris? I had something pop up on my phone and it buggered up. Sorry, Sorry. just repeat the. Yeah, it did. You know, there was there was like four changes for uh, West Brom. They all made. You know, he threw all his his cards on the table in one go. Yes, we changed Indeedy for Cassidy. That was probably down to fatigue for Indeedy. Uh, he hasn't not long been back from being injured, but we didn't really respond with that, did we? You know, we normally. Let's be honest with you. Had we lost this game. We'd have been going mad about the lack of changes. But it was almost like, go on, guys, I'll show you I know what I'm doing, really, says Enzo. You don't always have to change. No, that, that's that's very true. You don't normally have to change it. And sometimes in, in them situations, uh, the best response is no response because we went one a lot and you have, two, you have two choices as a manager. Stick with it. Or you're thinking, this isn't working. And I think, what's that expression? Uh, don't blink. Is it? Is it wait, see who blinks first? You kind of yeah. wait and see if your opponent blinks first. And I think Maresca saw him kind of panic a little bit, the West Brom manager, and kind of react more than act upon what happened. He kind of suddenly had four players ready to go on and, and, and were rushing to get ready. Um, you can't really say that about the first sub because it was an injury. Uh, so, you know, that that, that happened. Um, but when he made them four changes, it, he kind of reacted to the goal more than the situation. Because I don't think actually until we scored, yes, Leicester were having the best spell of the game at that point. But I don't think really West, West Brom were doing anything wrong, apart from doing exactly what Leicester were doing, and that was giving the ball up. And Maresca kind of went, you know what? Don't rock the boat. Let's let's let let. I'm going to leave my team as it is, because they're communicating well, they're on the same page, and they can deal with any five ten minute wave of pressure from West Brom that might 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 come. And it didn't come at that moment. It did, unfortunately come in the last couple of minutes of the game but uh, it all counted for nothing thankfully it, i love how we as fans sort of you know it, if he does the same thing two weeks if we lose it's a bloody bad mistake and if he wins it's he's a he's a great tactician you know? it's, yeah, uh, yeah. we're not we're not fickle as fans at all are we you know 
Um, no, no, no. But, uh, but then um, it all kind of went wrong. Uh, a long throw in for, for, for West Brom with four minutes to go of normal time. And it was ping pong. And God knows what was going on in that defence. If anybody tries to do a diagram of where that ball was going, got good luck with that. I know, right? It was one of them where it's just you put your hands up and go, well, sod's law in it. Because it one, I think the last Leicester player to touch it, I think, was Wilfred and Didi. He had a sweeping leg and he actually made, I think he tried to scoop it. Like he, the way he kind of slid, it was like one of them revolving doors. His leg went like that to try and like pink, not, not no, pinball would have been a better e yeah. example for it. Yeah. It was like that. And he, he's obviously tried to loop it out and he's got it all wrong. And all he did was play an inch perfect pass to the West Bond player. And then mm -hmm. we were, I think mm -hmm. we were all just sat there going, oh, I think it was worse because we all probably sat there going, I know we said we'd take a draw, but the 88th minute is, it's just, it's never nice, is it? I, I said when we went, because uh, I predicted a draw and when they scored, I wasn't too despondent because of who it was. Had had this been again Sheffield Wednesday again or or somebody down that end of the table, I would have been epileptic. But I was kind of resigned because I followed Leicester long enough, and I'm suddenly I was saying like yeah, you know, at nil nil, I was saying I would take a draw. But at that point, it was like oh god, here we go again. But look, it is West Brom. But then bugger it, 90, uh, 94 minutes. Uh, there's a, I mean, what the hell was every single West Bromwich Albion player bar the goalkeeper who'd been up a few seconds before that himself? Um, uh, where, I mean, surely you don't. I mean, they were going for the winner, I guess, weren't they? Yes, but there's going for the winner, and then there's just being careless, and West Brom full tilted into careless for me. If that was Leicester. Yeah, yeah, let's put Sean the other foot. I would be absolutely fuming that that happened. Uh, I I would have been absolutely fuming because you won all. You're at home against um, against top of the league, right? And, yeah, we say we say completely flip the situation, and, and I'll I'll be sat there going, "Why is it keep going up? Why are we so desperate to win it?" Look, at the end of the day, the long ball in the box. All right, throw maybe one or two extra plays in there, but let's not get caught cold. Oh, no, of course. What happens when you throw everybody forward? And look what happened. I would have been absolutely fuming at, at, at Enzo for allowing or instructing the players to go full uh, full throttle at it. I know, I know it's easy to kind of look at it and go, well, they caused chaos in the box, but you're not going to concede if you've got two centre-backs and your goalkeeper back in their own half. Yeah. Are yeah. you, Chris? So they 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 kind of got what they deserve, Chris, in my opinion, for the way they overcommitted to 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 the long throw. Or you could say fair play to them at going for the win. No, no, there's a different. Yeah, but Chris, they went about it the wrong way again. Go for the win. Put eight men in the box and leave number nine, ten, and eleven back in your own half. So if Leicester do get the ball clear, you can deal with it. That they did it wrong. They, 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 like I said, they fall to the belt, and that, and now they're in, they're in the proverbial without a paddle. Big yeah. after today's yeah. result because of it. Well, yesterday's result. Sorry, you know what I meant. What wild celebrations followed? In not, not, in not excluding myself uh, <laughs> when that went in. It was, I mean, you know, again, ninety fourth minute. The way it was scored, 
uh, I said yesterday on, on, on the, on the post-match bit of the match day live show, um, I wouldn't have blamed Kieran Dewsbury Hall for, for having a go himself. Vardy, I think, would have done possibly uh, a few seasons ago. Uh, but Winks was there. Uh, I mean, fair play to both those players for having the, 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 the strength still to run like that in the 94th minute. But I did. I thought Winks had put it wide. Uh, I've got to be honest with you. He'd never lived that down if he had. But he said afterwards, didn't he? He went, now I know why strikers get excited. Yeah, exactly. And look, adrenaline um, can do wonderful things to a player. Um, you know, uh, because obviously all of a sudden you, your eyes kind of go wide and you, you're running, you realise, oh, if I get the ball, if I get the ball, it's an open goal, if I get the ball, it's an open goal. And all of a sudden your brain goes, if I get the ball, it's an open goal. And if I miss, and, and luckily he, he, he tried his ever best to miss it, but luckily he, I think he got, I think actually he got a cleaner connection on it than it looks before he started to properly slide. I think had he fallen over, it had been caught between his legs and then he really buggered it up. But yeah. luckily he didn't. Thankfully it, it, it struck into the net. Um, and, uh, and yeah, delirium in the away end and, you could see and some of the play, um, and fair play to KDH for passing it. Oh yes, of course, uh, because you wouldn't have begrudged him taking it on. He's very confident. We, you know, none of us. Were, it weren't like it was no disrespect here, Chris. It wasn't like it was Vestergaard bursting through. You thinking, please don't shoot because I'm not sure you can shoot. We 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 were fully back in. Um, uh, KDH to score, and it kind of reminded me of that Mavadidi chance against Southampton, which he then later did take himself. And, and you know, remember he had that he missed that sitter, and then later yeah. on in the game he broke free and actually scored the second chance. I didn't really begrudge him for taking that shot on originally. It was easier because we won four one, I suppose, but I didn't because I kind of backed his shooting ability. But this shows the selflessness of the squad because I actually think under Maresca Vardy would have passed that, you know. Right. I think he would have passed it because he would have felt I'd rather make sure than have something go wrong here. So it just shows maybe that selflessness. Right. All that I was got thinking of, it takes me back to the. Oh, you're frozen. Wow, you caught. Yeah, you, you, you got you were on like two speed talking there with it catching up, but uh, I think I know what you mean. When we played them in the great escape and Vardy scored that goal at the end, he had Nugent, or I think, or another player anyway, to his right. But he took that final ball on and scored it. Uh, but yes, you, you, you're probably right. And the celebrations that were caused after that, like I say, I went mad on the um, on, on the uh, uh, watch along. Um, Enzo went mad on uh, on the pitch and actually ran onto the pitch. Now, he's actually got a yellow card for that. And he said it was a nice yellow card to get. He can never tell any of his players off now for getting the yellow card for taking the shirt off or anything, can they? No, he certainly can't. I don't think he would anyway. Uh, he just seems like that sort of... But I mean, it's, it's lovely to see Chris. I mean, we, we, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we lost... You, you lost your sponsor of Seal Bars since Brendan's been sacked and, and, and gone back yeah. to Celtic. But mm. it was it was a trip down memory lane watching a, a manager celebrate and his backroom staff celebrate. Go like, 
reminded me of Martin O'Neill a little bit. Probably even more than Martin O'Neill. I mean, we thought I thought Martin was a bit eccentric on the sidelines, but Maresca really goes at it. And I'll tell you what was a little bit lovely. I don't know if you saw it. If you consider how his career's been at Leicester, and especially where it was last season when he was out on loan at, at Watford, it was lovely to see the first player that went to celebrate with Maresca was Hamza Chowdhury, and he yeah. picked him up. Yeah, Chowdhury picked him up as well. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a really wholesome scene. I mean, I I put here on the uh, on on my socials, you get a little bit of an echo here, mate. So I might have to start muting you, but. Um, uh, Emotion uh, from the players when Wink scored. But what a reaction from the bench. Enzo running onto the pitch trying to get a kick of the ball. <laughs> but it's great to see. Scenes not seen since the O'Neill era. Well, there you go. It turns out I do know, I do know my uh, Leicester City um, <laughs> history. So, yeah, it or was you, good or to you, see. Or you've been reading my posts, one of the two. <laughs> well... Well, maybe, maybe a oh, little bit. I didn't read that post. Great minds. Well, great minds. We'll take great minds think alike and we'll, um, we'll let other people tell us how wrong we are. Yeah. So, yeah, he got a yellow card and, and great, yes. And, yeah, it's brilliant to see a manager. And like you say, yeah, I did notice that. that I, haven't, I haven't mentioned it, but I, now you mentioned it. I did notice that with the KDH, um, which was great to see. And, and it does maybe, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the brother of the men when um, Band of, sorry, Band of Brothers, sorry, brother of the men. Wasn't there one day in the Eurovision? Um, Band of Brothers when we won the Premier League. It's got that kind of feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. And I, I kind of, thought that from from I wouldn't say pretty much the start but I got the feeling the more I watched Leicester and Lorenzo that you kind of had it the way they celebrated the way they handled themselves after the game because with Brendan as time wore on the, the players would clap on the halfway line walk down the tunnel uh, some of them still signed autographs if they got called over and that and it, it wasn't like it completely went away it just sort of it, it almost became like a chore to the players. And I mean that in the greatest respect. It's as if when things were going bad and we were losing games, Brendan started to order them to go over to the fans. And he was like, well, we're in a bad place. We're not playing well. We, I just want to get in and get changed. And I know it's easier to go and celebrate with the crowd and be cheerful when you've won or got a great result from somebody. But it feels like these players don't need Enzo or somebody to tell them that because they do it naturally. They like to be like that with the crowd and they're just happy that there's a manager that allows them to be like that with 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 the crowd and, and, and fans. Yeah. It's great to see, mm. mate. The match summary that they've got here, you may agree or, or disagree. Uh, West Brom uh, stole the ball often from the opposition and were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from set-pieces. We did give them a lot of set-pieces, in fairness. Uh, Leicester strength stole the ball often from the opposition. Uh, well, I mean, both of us, when we were giving the ball away, I don't know if Steele had seen it often, both of us were giving the ball away a lot. Uh, were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks, were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from counter-attacks. As we saw, we obviously got the goal, uh, were strong at finishing. Um, it just said that I thought we, we lost position uh, possession a lot as well as at West Brom. Nearly forgot I'd been muting myself then. Yeah, and it kind of typified what you kind of get at the same time. It's 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 weird how two teams can play and be so symmetrical in some of the things they do, good and bad. Uh, I mean, it was really a game where 
the teams looked evenly matched in the sense that one team was top in, in, in the overall table and one team was top in the form table. And like I, I, I say it again, tongue-in-cheek, the XG of 0.26794 of, of West Brom uh, and Leicester's inability to concede more than two goals a game, which is a lovely thing to hear, it, it almost pl- it pretty much played out like a team, two teams that struggled to concede goals. Um but the late, late show is Leicester this season. So it's good to know that, you know, if one of us had to do it, it was us that broke that, that one goal per game ratio for, yeah. for, for West Brom. Um, summary here, Styles for West Brom featured long shots. This will come up on the graphic in a bit. Attack down the right side. They didn't seem to do much down the left at all. Um, Leicester played with width and attacked on the left side. Um, as regards... Um, Oh, let me just bring this this next uh, graphic up here. Uh, as we go, shots, uh, it was nine shots each. From open play, uh, we had seven shots. They only had five. They had four from set pieces, but like I've just mentioned, uh, you know, we, we seem to give away a lot of set pieces to them in dangerous positions. Um, we got we were one on the counter-attack, but it, you know, we know we know all about that. Um Nine shots, though, um, 22% conversion rate, two goals. Not a lot of shots, and I think only maybe, um, I think it was two or three each were on target. Now, normally I would go mad, but it was the same for both teams, which probably said more about the fact of where we both were. Like you said, one of us top of the league, one of us top of the form charts. I think it says more about that than anything else. Yeah, and look, you're not going to have every game this season where you're having 15 plus shots in a game and to be honest with you it was nicer to have a closer percentage rate to go to shots to those on target you know 22 percent. i think i think one game we had 15 shots and we had no more than we had on target today than we had in that game i think we had 15 shots and three on target and it's like well yeah i'd rather ha- i'd rather have seven and three sort of thing because it shows we're being a bit more um creating cha- better chances in that scenario because you're hitting more on target percent wise so mm. and again you're going to have games where we play tougher opposition i'll imagine it'd be the same against Ipswich on boxing day uh you, you get some opponents where you're not going to get too many opportunities and, and and the good thing is, Chris, like you said, we were exactly the same to them. We it wasn't like we gave up twenty chances, which is which would be a concern. If we were giving up twenty chances and only having nine ourselves, I'd be I'd be more concerned. That doesn't really bother me. If you're looking, if you're coming away going, you know, well, we had nine, you had nine, we had three, we you had three, and we scored two, you didn't. I'm I'm going to take that every week, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, passes. I'm not sure what I've got up there. Have I got passes up there or have I still got shots up there? Um, Let me have a look. Attempt summary. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the shots I've got. It's too small. I can't see, Captain. (laughs) There we go. That's a pass summary. The one that says pass summary. Uh, I tend to ignore this at the moment because we're 598 passes, nearly 200 more than they did, but... 150 of those were were between the goalkeeper and the defender. So I do tend to ignore that. Um, This is quite interesting. And this is the um, positional report. Um, You know, I mean, pretty much for Leicester, 
you know, it was it was quite even there, and that's good to see, isn't it? We're not favouring one side or down the middle. It was evenly split almost across both sides and 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 down the middle. Yeah, it's good. It, it can't. It not only shows that we're very uh, capable of going down either wing or through the middle, but it shows that we're able to find and create space and and, and attack you on all fronts because. That, that that was a problem of Leicester's and it, it was one that probably needed addressing just as much as our inability to defend corners last season um, was the case. Something, thankfully, we've got right this season. Um, may, maybe, maybe Chris, what we've said all along is, is true and maybe we needed to drop down to, to kind of refresh and rebuild and, 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 and get us back on track because... Uh, mm since we've gone down to championship, not only has it gone well on, on, on results basis, but it's gone well in areas that we had lots and lots of concern on. And the fact that, you know, if you compared this to a game last season, Chris, you probably find it had been 80% down, 80% down the left, yes. 19% down the middle and 1% because the ball accidentally went onto the right side. Uh, whereas this season to see us attacking on all fronts and in all directions is, is very, very good. And please it's, the the it's the same with the shot directions for us 20 plus two percent from the right 44 from the left 33 down the middle when you look at west Brom's, absolutely nothing down the left hand side at all i mean did did did, did ricky p put a, a you know a deck chair up on the pitch and have a sit down i don't know maybe ricky p uh limped into the changing rooms and 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 maybe the gaffer at first was already injured and he went no i i'm i'm walking a bit lopsided because i've got two i've got two west brom players in my back pocket because <laughs> they really did not fancy taking ricky p on for whatever reason and 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 if you consider the fact that and i'll talk about him more in a bit mavadidi helps out at the back that they were kind of get they they were doubled up on on, on the left hand on that side of things I, I i'm a bit surprised west brom weren't like us in that sense because we were expecting it weren't we like for like all the way through this is this is probably where leicester won the game inadvertently by being so widespread whereas west brom were a bit cramped up and one-sided well there was certainly one one one, one dimensional 78 percent of the shots coming down the middle you know so Nothing there for you know to to to, surpri to surprise us, and I'm sure Enzo would have sort of mentioned that you know. But uh, looking at the shots, um, as we do, um, so we start off with the shot zones uh, again. And I said this the other week: fifty-six percent of our shots came from within the penalty box. Now that's what I want to see. I'm all I'm, I'm all for taking long shots. We wouldn't have won the FA Cup without a long shot. But I don't want to see the majority of shots that way because it, it shows to me, in a way, you're kind of... You, you're struggling. You, you've run out of ideas. You're just taking pot shots. And when you look at, uh, at West Brom, uh, we both had 11%, you know, inside the uh, the, 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 the uh, eight-yard box. But, you know, 44% in the box, 44% outside. We were more... Well, we were 55 56 33. That is what I want to see. Yeah, this is what you like to see. You like to see a, a nice even keel and, and, and a nice balance. And, and and yeah, like you said, Chris, if the space opens up and it's someone like Winks or KDH or, or Marie Nacho on, on, on the edge of the box and they've got that space, you really do want to see them taking, taking the opportunity to score from in and around the edge of the box. But at 
but this just shows again less to look at all their options before they make a decision it seems um is is they work it into a better position if it's better they're not just shooting for the sake of shooting they're not getting frustrated by seeing three defenders in front of them and shooting because the crowd told them to they're looking for an option and that they're, they're looking to go in a different direction and work it into the box and find it maybe even someone who's more capable of scoring if that makes sense i don't mean that in a, in a horrible way saying these players can't score what i mean is is is, is if you're shooting from 30 yards or or, or giving it to Vardy or Iheanacho from 10 yards out, who's more likely to score from that scenario? And Leicester are taking the 10-yard option, yeah. um, which, is, which is great to see. Yeah. Uh, now then, the, the team rating. And um, I'm just going to have to put you on mute there, mate. The team rating, we all, uh, we all well, it wasn't totally massively varied. Uh, Kate went seven, Luke went seven, uh Alan, well, well, let's have a look. Alan went seven for the performance of the whole team. Uh, you went eight, Brad. Yeah, I did. I thought it was a good performance. I, I know people might say, oh, yeah, the last-minute goal really kind of added to that. Um, but um, obviously it did add a little bit to it. But I thought it was a really solid display. We kind of, we kind of, I don't say twisted each other's words, but we were kind of agreeing with each other, but kind of understanding why we gave the ratings that we gave, because yeah. we'll get onto yours in a sec, obviously. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who wasn't here that didn't see it, but we kind of understood it for different reasons. This was probably Leicester's most impressive win of the season for me, and I felt the fact that if you take it into account, the reason it deserves to be so high is because how many teams realistically out there concede an 89th minute goal, couple of minutes stoppage time, well, four minutes, not, not literally a couple, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Not long at all. They're away from home. They're exhausted. You're expecting them to go all guns barreling at you to win it and would have gone, let's take the draw. Let's just sit back, take the draw. Let's, let's not, let's, let's, we'll worry about the aftermath. We'll just take the point now, move on with it and, and, and go again next week they didn't chris they didn't let it affect them and they kept going and for that five minutes um of dealing with west brom they 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 reaped all the benefits and rewards from it and got away and, and came away from 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 uh the hawthorns with all three points and that's why i gave it an eight well i went one more than you didn't i i went i went for nine um which surprised uh, a few people but let me explain why I went for a nine. Basically, I take everything that Brad just said, because I agree wholeheartedly with everything he just said. But for me, look at not just the match, but the the way that we'd, we'd come off a of Sheffield Wednesday, which we should have beaten on paper. I don't know if football's not played on paper, as Brian Clough said. But looking at it on paper, top of the division playing bottom of the division, we should have won that. We were poor. And within the space of four days, we are playing again against the team that is now top of the form table. So we've gone from bottom of the league table to play the team that's top of the form table. So to actually then go in and put a performance in like that, whilst there was times you could argue we didn't particularly look like winning, I don't think we ever particularly looked like losing. Uh, and I just thought with the, the extra pressure of... You know the 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 the, the performance in Southampton, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, before, and the fact that, like Brad said, the fact that you know we could have buckled at one-one. Uh, 
you know, we, we, we didn't we didn't come back against Southampton. We could have late, but we actually took advantage of what had happened. That's why it, I got a nine. Oh, I gave him an. I gave the team a nine. Oh. Let me unmute you. I did it for you, Chris. Yeah, and as you say, Chris, as we always say on here, um, more, probably more in positive lights than we do on the negative side of things. But for me, you know, eight, nines, same same thing, aren't they? I think yeah. one of us, you know, is given a nine. It's like, well, yeah, it, it, it's a good performance. It's, it's an eight or a nine, isn't it? Yeah. Scott Wednesday, believe it or not. Uh, Scott... Scott is the um, Jordan of the uh, LTID TV, isn't he? <laughs> um, we do all have different points of view, and I don't think on that performance I could have gone as low as a six. I've got to be honest with you, Scott. You know, yes, we gave the ball away a lot, but then so did the opposition. You know, and yes, we take it all in. But look, it is all about opinions. Uh, man of the match, we all kind of went different ones here. Kate went for winks, and they were all good shouts. I mean, when you've got a performance like that, it's it's good that we were struggling to pick a man of the match that we all agreed on because we thought two or three players had all gone well. Take care, Scott. Thanks for coming in. All the best, mate. Um, you know, it's it's worse when you're saying, oh, I don't know, they're all bloody awful. I don't know who to pick. <laughs> That's the worst. But we, we couldn't agree because we all thought they were really, really good, uh, having a good game. Kate went for winks. Luke went for uh, Dewsbury Hall. You and me both went for uh, Faz. Uh, Alan, in the end, I'm sure he's sponsoring uh, Harry Winks, but he went for Winks again. Um, but uh, we, yeah, I agree with you. So whatever you say, I'm just going to agree with. And while you do that, I'm going to go and water the plants. So you, you talk about Faz. Yeah, well, Faz is, is a player that since he joined Leicester, he's been... It's been very up and down, unfortunately, for him at the start of his career. We all remember that Liverpool game. Uh, we also remember his, his poor debut, where I think we actually gave him man of the match because he didn't do a lot wrong, and he was on the end of a 6-1, 6-2 thumping by by Tottenham. Um, and he's and, and the fact that he's came through all that, he's came through all that adversary, and, and as his time at Leicester's got on, remember, he's a young lad still in terms of football in life, uh, and, and in life in general, I suppose. Is um, is he just he got he's got better and better and he's become more confident in his ability and he actually for me seems to be the leader the commander of that centre back pairing whether it's with Vestergaard whether it's Cody whether it's been with Sutar while he's played whether it's been with the three of them on the pitch he does seem to have that commanding aura about him he, he's always there encouraging. Barking orders, telling players, ah, you need to make sure you're on him. You need to get him, keep an eye on him, do this, do that. And I'd love to see it about him. And yesterday, we talk about things that maybe go unnoticed or maybe things that me and Chris don't always see. And that's the joys of the world today, that we get to see these things in another light through EFL, LCFC, people recording it off the potatoes of a phone. Um which is no insult because I've got a Samsung, so I know it's a potato. But you know what I mean? Um, you see things, and, and, Wink, and Winks did really well. Don't get me wrong. He's always going to be up there more times than not as a contender for man of the match for the work he does on and off the ball. He's an absolute work workhorse, and he's that midfield cog. But while FaZe made two goal-saving blocks for me, 
one was a long range effort that was getting curled into the top corner. It might not look like it when he gets his head on it, but he's curling that and it looks like it's flying into the top corner. And there was a cross late on that had Faye's not read the situation, the danger behind him and got in front of it and headed it out front of a corner. It would have nailed on, been an open goal for West Brom to have scored in that game. And not just that, it's his positional recovery rate. For, for, for a defender that's allowed at times in the right situation to have the freedom of the football pitch in front of him, Chris, and drive forward with that ball, we see him do it quite a bit this season. I mean, centre-back striker, I called him. Uh, he reminded me of like O'Neill telling Elliot and Taggart to be strikers when we had an injury crisis. If we have an injury crisis up front this season, stick Wout Faze up front the way he runs for the, with the ball. And I just... Very much of Harry Maguire. Yes, and and, and, and French Voldemort. Um, um, he was driving the ball out forward. But yes, he, he has that... Um, ball-playing centre-back mentality. And I really do find that refreshing because I, as much as I like a Robert Hoof slash Wes Morgan type defender, which we have for Vestergaard mm. and Cody when he's on, um, it's nice to have a, a centre-back that can drive, not just drive... Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The opposition back, but he drives the, the team forward because the midfield kind of get into the attacking position because he keeps driving with it. The attack gets right into their defence, so causing chaos. And I and I the maturity of Wout Faze is is something that down the line may maybe during a break or something. Um or we'll, we'll we'll talk about it, Chris. I'd love to look at some of the discuss these players individually and and show how they've matured once I've got a laptop and a tactical board because he is one of the most on, he, he's not talked about enough for me sometimes with some of the th things he does on the football pitch. He's a fantastic defender and that's why he, for me, was man of the match. We we do say a lot with, with Cody about, uh, oh, Vestergaard's keeping Cody out, Vestergaard's keeping Cody out. But FaZe is keeping Cody out just as much. Yeah, he is. And he's keeping Sutar out of the team because from what we've seen of Sutar, he's not done a lot wrong. Uh, uh, and uh, look, Faze obviously offers a little bit different uh, and a little bit more than Cody and Vestergaard. But yeah, you know, just because you could argue they're both keeping Cody out of the side right now with how they're playing. But if you was to say, OK, we've got ourselves a, 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 a big aerial threat and, 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 and someone who can make the pass... Uh, phase is then saying, well, 
you don't need another defender gaffer to get hold of the ball and run at teams because I'm doing I'm doing that just as well for you. And and again, his recovery rate matches it because it's all well and good a centre-back going on a mazy run for, for, for 50, 60 yards, Chris. But the fact that he gets back and recovers it if the ball gets lost instantly mm. is just another, it's another badge to his name sort of thing. You know what I mean? It's another merit to his to what he's able to do. Well, if I could have held on another couple of minutes, I would have done because I'm going to hand it over to you now, Brad. And uh, to do um, to talk us through the tactics, I will uh, hand, hand the mic over to you. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, tactically, um, it didn't look like a lot changed. Now, I may or may not have screamed and shouted and uh, maybe said a few bad, 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 bad words um, after the Wednesday game in regards to Enzo not having a plan B. And sometimes in life, y y your plan B doesn't actually have to be a load of changes. Now, I know I'm an advocate. I'm an advocate for two up front because I feel like we've got two, maybe even three. We won't know until he actually plays Tom Cannon, but we potentially have at least two very capable strikers of work and strikers that work together well. But for me, the thing that kind of changed and tactically won us that game is for the first time in about ooh, four or five games, Leicester went back to that were, were not afraid to be aggressive. They, It's almost like they got the note to say, it's okay to go long with the ball. It's okay to pass it forward quickly. It's okay to do things fast. Um, because, yes, Leicester lined up 4-3-3. Absolutely no different. Yeah, the personnel was sort of the same there is little differences i've made that note before between fatua and mcateer for example and ian acho and vardy and there is differences between other players like Casti and and, and chowdhury with with, with uh indeedy and, and, and kdh so there is slight little differences and yesterday's lineup as we've already said is our strongest lineup available to us fully fit i'd even say that with with doyle not uh if doyle was available to pick to be honest with you um, and I did notice yesterday that when we've got that team out, if you look back at other performances with that team, we seem to play with a bit more tempo. And I know sometimes you have to credit the opposition to the reason we can't play at that tempo. But for me, the tactical way we won that game is we didn't bring 11 men to come and retrieve the ball off the opposition. We kept the likes of KDH, and most notably, obviously, in our winning goal. But we kept the likes of KDH and Winks and Ricardo sometimes, or indeed the other time. Uh, and, and sometimes even Ian Acho, even though he was quite deep back for, for the winning goal. We keep them on a shorter leash. And what I mean by that is, instead of everybody kind of coming back into their own half and helping everybody win the ball back and then trying to go forward and then realising we've got a brick wall in them, we dragged their players with them and then certain players sort of stopped to keep that. So so West Brom couldn't get 12 men in the box, 11 men in the box, because the goalkeeper was up at one point. Uh, they had to keep a few in and around the box just in case Leicester were able to get the ball away and break away. And when Leicester did that, and they turned over the ball quickly, 
for the first time in about five or six weeks, I found that more times than not, they weren't going back to the goalkeeper and just recycling the ball. They were passing through West Brom. And they'd earned the right to pass through West Brom by keeping West Brom guessing, keeping West Brom on the toes, not allowing West Brom to dictate how Leicester moved in a defensive situation. They they dictated West Brom's movement. They restricted West Brom's movement when West Brom had the ball. They didn't go all back, everybody, every man come back and help. They allowed that spring for a counter to be set. And luckily for us, we got to see it in its all glory in the goal. But you saw it throughout the game. A few times we got in behind the defence. I know he didn't have his greatest game, but Mavadidi had two or three chances in that first half because we sprung the ball forward. Against Sheffield Wednesday and against Middlesbrough and against Leeds, players like KDH were getting a ball and we on the crowd were starting to do that little crowd thing we do where we sit forward and we lean forward because that helps your vision and see the game more, doesn't it? And we were like, oh, oh, go on. If we play the ball forward now, we might get in behind these. It's a three on three. And oh, what would happen? He'd go back to he'd go back to Vestergaard and we'd pass it around and go out to, you know, to Pereira. Or it'd go to Justin, and we'd all sit down going, oh, I kind of knew that would happen, but I was hoping for something different. Yesterday, they got it down to a T. When the moments were there for the fans to get a little bit excited and potentially see Leicester get at West Brom and get into their box and maybe have a chance to score, they took them opportunities. Compared to Wednesday, they passed with purpose again. And I think that's something that we had knocked out of us a little bit by that defeat, them, them two back-to-back defeats. I think we had that a bit confidence knocked out of us and we kind of got it back with Watford. And luckily the draw didn't really affect us against Sheffield Wednesday, but it was back to its best. The persistence to always mix it up. You know, we talked about going a little bit stale with this tactic, a little bit recognised, a little bit where oppositions were like, well, if we just stick 11 men behind the ball, they won't do nothing because they're so slow going forward, we'll be able to get everybody behind it. We kind of set that spring a little bit tighter so we could propel that counter-attack and propel any kind of attack on our oppositions a lot better. So just because there wasn't a change in the formation, just because there wasn't eight wholesale changes in, in personnel, doesn't mean that there wasn't a plan B. And I know it it might look subtle, but if you go back and watch how we played and how we handled having the ball against uh, against West Brom and compared to how we played with the ball and how we defended off the ball against Leeds and Middlesbrough, you will see how it looks like a totally different style of play. And to that degree, Chris, as I'm going to wrap it up here, because it's it's the main thing I really wanted to talk about after my rant and rave uh, in midweek, is that seems to be the change-up that this team's able to do. Because passing it's great, but yesterday we took them chances. You know, like I said, Chris, did you find yourself sometimes when Leicester played the ball forward going, oh God, we're actually going forward with it. Oh, we're going forward with it. That was the biggest difference yesterday. Um, so, 
And we are going to do the player reviews, and we'll do that uh, straight after this. The TalkSport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including Leicester Till I Die, independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes faithful. The TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Quickly before we get on to the player reviews, I just want to talk about um, the incident at the end. Uh, I think we all saw it where Carlos Cobran turned down Enzo Maresca's handshake at the final whistle. And if you look, Carlos kind of went like that and walked off. Uh, apparently, um, the West Brom brought boss, not easy to say, West Brom boss frantically waved and then pulled away from Marquesco at full time. Apparently, Corbron had been ill in the build-up to Saturday's game and had been unable to attend his pre-match press conference. When he turned down Marquez's handshake, he said he had been avoided coming into contact with anyone. Um, the question was put to Corbron because of the possibility that uh, Marquez's exuberant celebration had caused tension. Uh, when it finished, he was celebrating and he said to me, sorry for going onto the pitch to celebrate the goal, Cobron told Sky Sports. I said, that is not a problem. I understand the emotions of the game. I've been sick all week and I don't want to give my hand to any of my staff uh, or anybody I respect. Enzo lot is making a very good job. So fair play to him. Um, I think we just needed to mention that. Uh, talking of Enzo now, we're going to compare this with Jordan from Leicestershire Live and uh, see what his ratings were as well, which we'll do first, and then we'll get uh, Brad to give his, and then I'll, I will give mine. Uh, Enzo is never rated by um, uh, Jordan, but you obviously spoke very highly of him, Brad. How many are you going to give him out of 10? It was the Enzo redemption arc for me, the way he had them set up and play against uh, West Brom. You give the team a nine, Chris. I'm going to give the manager a nine. I think his energy, his persistence, and the way he has them players feeling, no matter what the result is, no matter what the scoreline is, they never, ever seem to waver. And they're committed to the manager's way of playing. And fair play to him and fair play to the lads. He gets a nine from me. I think he was superb. I am going to have to agree with you. Um, I think, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I think the fact that we were very critical, well, not critical, well, yeah, okay, let's say we were critical of him in the Southampton game, uh, because at the end of the day, yes, he's not on the pitch, and we said, oh, you got to blame the players, blah. Of course you do, but at the end of the day, he's paid to take the, the brick bats, and the, you know, take, and he deserves the celebration when he gets it right. Maybe if we'd lost and he'd only made substitutions, I'd have been saying different things, but yeah, I think I would, I'm going to give him a nine as well. Uh, for that performance, um, I think he uh, he didn't you know he didn't have to make substitutions, so he didn't. Uh, and um, like I say, sometimes making a lot of substitutions can be a sign of desperation, but it can also disrupt the team totally. So 
well done on getting it getting it right getting it right uh, obviously the win does help enzo uh but let's go on and we're going to look at the players now and let's have a look at mads now Jordan says there was a 10-minute period in the first half where City were rattled. It was all stemmed from Hermanison's poor passing. Marquesa applauded his ideas from the technical area, but he needs to be more accurate with his hands. Uh, he With his hands, he didn't have a lot to do. Uh, he gave him a five, Brad. Yeah, uh, I hate to say this, but look, in terms of what he needed to do, like Jordan said, with his hands, didn't do him much wrong. And in fact, he didn't have a lot to do, which is probably credit to the to the, to the team in front of him. Um, but how many more times is he going to get away with passing the ball to Winks or Ricardo when they've got two players around him and then nicking it off it before someone lobs him and it goes in the back of the net? This was probably the only blot I could have on it because... Uh, clearly, Hamadson didn't get the note that, 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 that was passed around the dressing room saying it's okay to go long sometimes because it's it's something that that, 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 that causes us a lot of problems. And you know me, Chris, I'm accepting of the, of the passing out the back. Do it when it's necessary, don't when it's not. And it wasn't necessary in the situations he gave the ball up to the oppositions. I'm going to be a little bit kinder to Jordan but he does only get a six. Wow. Okay, I'm not going to be kinder than Jordan. Um, I don't know if you saw Watford's goal yesterday. Uh, it was quite a spectacular goal that they scored, uh, which went, uh, I think it was mid-half uh, in the opposition half, up and over their goalkeeper into the goal. Um, and it says here, Watford wonder goal hero aims dig at Madsen Manson after audacious Leicester City plan thwarted. Uh, Watford captain Wesley Hoot scored a contender for goal of the season at Hall this weekend. As I was this, uh, eventually reaped just on the hour ago. Hoot sees possession just over the halfway line in the 74th minute uh, before having the awareness to lob Hall keeper Ryan Allsop. Yes, some somebody's going to work that out that Hermanson is virtually in the centre circle at times. Uh, thankfully, he's got a turn of speed, but. His passing out was awful. If you're going to play it out from the back, why? If you're going to do that, and you look, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm Hermanson and Brad, you know, your Vestergaard, you can see the likeness. Behind you, there's a couple of West Brom players. If I pass it to you, you're going to have those two West Brom players on you, possibly taking it off you. Why would I pass it to you? And then all you're going to do is, if you do get it, is pass it back. Why are we risking passing it to players that are marked? And he was awful. He gave it away too often. I am actually going to give him a four. I think he was awful yesterday. Could have cost us the game. Um, he was my worst player. Um, it, it, you know, the, 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 there was, a, there was a, an argument for taking him off and sticking Solchark on, to be honest with you, he was that bad yesterday. All right, he didn't have much to do to redeem himself. Normally, he pulls off a couple of stunning saves. Uh, the one that hit the post, he didn't get a hand to. Uh, he didn't need to, obviously, because it hit the post. But I just think he needs to sort it out. We were very critical of Schmeichel, uh, the fact that he couldn't keep the ball in when he kicked it long. Uh, we know Hermanson can do, but Hermanson can't seem to pass a short pass to anybody that's not got... Uh, a couple of opposition players on them. I don't know what's wrong with him. 
to my mind, it was awful, absolutely awful, and gets a four. Thoughts on that, Brad? Uh, I understand why. I understand the way you 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 look you look through it and give the rating on that basis. Uh, it's just for me that. I do think eventually he's going to get caught out. And some players have tried to catch him out. And luckily, they couldn't hit a barn door. Uh, if, 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 there was only, if there was a barn door sale on and it was all that was available, um, the chances that some of these players have had to try and beat him. But I he is... I go into detail with these. I break down the metaphor as well as my point. But eventually... He is going to get caught. Someone is going to dink it over if he keeps making his risky passes. Look, if he makes a pass into Winks um, or Dewsbury Hall and they're, they're unmarked and it gets on the counter, brilliant. That's what I want to see from you, Mads. That's when I want to see you passing it to one of them. But if, like you said, Chris, if I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before on this channel, but I am a former goalkeeper myself. No, no I know. Shocks and horrors on this show. Surprises are plenty. But I wouldn't make that pass. I would kick it long. And I and sometimes, you know, it's weird as it sounds. A player will go to me, oh, why did you be that long? I was right here. And I'm like, because you had two players behind you. And so, all right, some cocky asses might go, oh, I'd have been fine with it. Well, guess what? I've, I mean, <laughs> sometimes I've played it into them and they've gone, why did you pass it me? I had two players around you. Well, you said you can deal with it. And so... I know what I'd rather see, Chris. I know what I'd rather see in them situations. So, I've got to say, no spoilers here, but that is my worst mark of the show. Um, on to Pierre, Ricardo. He was much more alert at the start than in midweek, perhaps spooked by having the ball pinched off him a few times at Wednesday. But after the first 15 minutes, it didn't feel like he got on the ball that often, uh, and then he twice failed to clear for the West Brom goal. Ooh, a bit harsh, that. Um Five was given by uh, Jordan Brad. Very harsh, in, in my opinion. Look, Ricardo has blockades in games. He's very much involved for 10, 15 minutes, and then Leicester go down the middle. So he's not really that involved because he's not necessarily there, but he'll clear up any defensive error or he'll cut out any pass. And I think you've got to look at his job in its entirety and not how many times does Ricardo get involved in play because he's only necessarily needed to get involved in play when that's the right side and it's the option to go down or they're attacking to do his job. And you know what? Ricardo did his job well. It wasn't a glamour display. He wasn't involved in rip-roaring tackles. He wasn't un unlocking defences like we know he can do. But also, the game didn't require him to do that. Um, you know, and it's going to be the same... Um, probably for a few of these players, I'm actually going to give him a. I'm going to give him a, a seven. I don't think he did anything wrong, and I think what it was needed of him to do, he did right. And 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 having a go at him in, in regards to their goal, Jordan, just piss off, mate. You just you just picking on players for picking on players. At the end of the day, that was pinball. Go on, then, Jordan. You put your boots on, and we'll put you in that scenario, and then I'll give you a zero for being crap at football as well as you're scoring. I don't like Jordan. You know. I won't invite you on if I have him back on the channel again. Um, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. I'm going down the middle because I'm, I'm giving him a six. But I do, I do get, I do get your points. But he, he was to me, yeah, he was just there, you know. Um, 
Right, that phase. He showed no signs of fitness issues, uh, which he didn't, despite uh, being a doubt. Seen the ball regularly in a really aggressive start. He dribbles and passes forward sometimes. Led him to giving the ball away, but he was always looking to build an attack. Defensively, he was committed, making a tackle on the floor with his head in the second period. Uh, a seven from Jordan. Our man of the match, though. Yeah, all that praise and only gives him a seven. Um... He's my man of the match, um, as you know, and it's it's only when this seems to happen. It is only when this happens that I differ with my centre back ratings, uh, because usually I think you can't have a good game without your other centre back pairing having a good game with you, if that makes sense, because they're they're supposed to be like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. We said that about Mooth. Uh, Mooth. I combined the names together then. More West and Hoof. Uh, you know that they, they didn't have many bad games together, but if they did, it's because they were both. One of them or both of them were playing bad. So, for me, man of the match, I'm going to... You, you've just gave your worst rating. Spoiler alert, because he's my man of the match, he's going to get my best rating. Brilliant tackles. I did love, and I did get a second chance to see that headed clearance on uh, uh, when he dived it up with his head. That was brilliant. It reminded me of John Terry, with the England one you always see. Uh, but definitely better than the... Um, oh, what's his name? Phil Jones, that's it. Better than the Phil Jones one that you always see as well. Uh, I'll give him a nine, Chris. I'm a man of the match. He was almost flawless for me. I've got to agree with you because, of course, he was my man of the match as well. And what I do like, and I did liken him to Maguire earlier, but in the way that he runs forward with the ball. He is he is um, the opposite to everything Vestergaard is. Vestergaard's job, and we'll come on to him obviously next, is to stand there, keep the ball pass it around until somebody makes the run and then he'll he'll do a perfect long long pass over the top that's Vestergaard's job phase there's no point having two defenders doing the same thing and when he gets that ball if he's got the opportunity he will run and there's times that you know opposition players weren't closing him down and he was going for it and yes you said earlier he did make one or two mistakes but he was back there uh, you know, clearing up his own mistakes some of the time. You gave him a nine. No surprise. I've given him a nine as well. Um, Vestergaard, um, the big Dane was not involved as he usually is. That was possibly because the two defenders either side of him did so well uh, and so limited in what he needed to do. On the ball, it was good. And there was the odd excellent pass through the middle. Six from Jordan. Yeah, never ever invite me on if you have Jordan on here because I'll, I'll I'll get this YouTube channel sort of explain I'm going to give him. I don't get him. Did he? Did he? Does he? Does he speak and then hit his head when it comes to the scoring? Because that's two praises and we've got a six and a seven. Here's what actually happened, Jordan. If you're watching, he got his head on absolutely, well, at least pretty much. If I don't want to get too blue tinted here, everything. For a guy who we bemoaned being six foot eight in a la absolute lamppost, he couldn't win a towering header. I don't know if he looked at Jordan. I don't know if he watched the same game as us, but he won. He leapt and got a towering header to set the counter attack for our winning goal. He was just as important in our victory with some of his blocks and some of his vital headers and and and, and counter pressing as Wout Faze. And I did say last night's show, didn't I? I did say that Faze for me just head out head, you know, was ahead of um uh, Yannick in my choice for another match because he probably had one or two more things more to do. But Yannick Vestergaard 
He can't get a nine because I give that to me man of the match for this win, but he does get an eight. So eight off you um, gets an eight off me as well. Uh, and I think he's one of those players that he, he sometimes a player does his job, but does it so well you just don't notice him. And sometimes I think that could is Yannick. Um, yes, he's not going to win any hundred yards dash. He's not Usain Bolt. You know we, we we know that, and that might be his undoing if we you know if we do go back up. Um, you know he could be caught out. But his job, like I say, get the ball, slow the game down. Say to the opposition, look, you want it, you come for it. And when they do, they'll pass it back. Then they'll get it straight back nine times out of ten. And because they've come forward, there's a gap over the back and they'll play the long ball over. And yes, they say that he, you know, he can't jump. And we've said this, haven't we? You know, he's, he's six foot seven or whatever he is. And when he jumps, he's five foot nine. But, you know, he's proving us wrong. Again, it's taken a bit of time, but he's proving us wrong. Um, he hasn't suddenly become this player. I think, in fairness, he's always been this player, but he just wasn't suitable for uh, the way Rogers played, which makes you again go back to the question we've asked thousands of times, and why was he signed? But Marquesa is getting the best out of him. Look, you know, he... He's, I mean, he's had a couple of goes at goal. I mean, you know, last week was it when I'm not sure which game it was, but his, it was the Watford game for, for, for Vardy's first goal. His header was saved by the goalkeeper who parried it out to, to, to Vardy, who, who, who tapped it in. Um, yesterday, he could have got a goal. Um, you know, he headed it straight at the goal. But yes, he was back. He was defending. He was... You know, uh, he, he did start the goal off, and obviously it was four players that were involved, and we'll come on to the middle player that was involved, um, which is your love child. So we've done my love child, and we've both given him an eight. Uh, but I think that I think he deserved it. Uh, James Justin, uh, let me make sure because I was I wasn't moving these along before, so let me move that. on. James Justin, a really strong defensive showing from the fullback. West Brom tried to go down his side regularly but he was stood nearly everything they could throw at him while he showed good speed to trap back and pick up the long balls too. Gets a seven from Jordan. Seven. Seven. Yeah, look, it was tight to the touchline for a left back. Uh, and again, credit to FaZe and, and Yannick to, to make sure that the wide, the, the wide defenders could, could stay wide more often than not. There wasn't very many times I remember seeing Justin inside his, his, his own box. Um, to cover for anything or, or you know he could stay out wide and when you when 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 justin's allowed to stick to that byline he is probably one of the best left wing backs you will see because he gets the ball high up in our half he's about three quarters away in our half sometimes when he picks the ball and all he does chris is he turns he, he knocks the ball five yards forward because there's no one near him and he runs onto it and his legs just go like lightning he was brilliant and i think we hopefully start to see it reconnect because i think there was a little bit of disconnect hopefully this game's going to reconnect that because he really complements having mavadidi in front of him mm. uh he's he's and again well i'll talk on it with his rating when i get to when we get to mavadidi but having that sort of support just in front of him helps create space for justin to run at him and if there's anything we've got in abundance out of out wide, it is players with killer pace. 
And I think Justin um, was just as good. Yeah, it was a very, very good performance from the back line um, yesterday. And I, I, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a seven. No, I'm not going to give him an eight. I am going to give him an eight because I think what was asked of him and what he needed to do, the fact that he attacked predominantly down his side and he very rarely had anything too much to yeah. deal with, I am going to give him an eight. And it wasn't just that, it was just in. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, look, to me, I would pick him over Doyle every day of the week for me. Uh, I know Doyle, you know, is left-footed, but look, Justin is so, if you need him to join a game, swap over, he can, he can we know he can play left, centre or right in that in that defensive lineup. Um, and I think as the left left side of the three central defenders, he's done nothing wrong since he's been playing that role because he can do um, he can do the uh, the um, the centre defensive role. Um, I like him. Like I say, to me, Doyle didn't really impress me overly. Between and maybe it's just me. I remember my son loved him before he got injured, but for me, yeah, he's okay. Uh, maybe I was hoping for a bit more after all the plaudits you got last season for Coventry. But for me, Justin gets seven. I have to agree with, with Jordan on that one. Uh, and Nate says there it was his 100th appearance for the club, James Justin. So well done, James. Congratulations on that. Right, Mr. Indeedy next. Um, yes, Indeedy, as they say. Always love saying that. Um he was relentless in his support uh, runs for the winger down the right, and that persistent played off as he did with a peach of a cross for Dewsbury Hall's opener. His pressing in the first half was good too, and he gets a seven from Jordan. Yeah, um, kind of following off from following on from what I just said about you know Mavadidi's support for um, uh, for for Justin. I think. Wilfred Ndidi has taken a responsibility off Ricardo, which may have helped our defensive structure a bit because that overlap, like we said, for the two chances on that side that really came from Ndidi's crossing into the box, they came from him coming more advanced forward uh, and overlapping um, or running into space for Fatawu to lay the ball off to him. Uh, it's worked wonders. Another, another masterclass from uh, from Maresca finding out that indeed he can can do all sorts, not just not just babysit Mendy for ninety minutes like Brendan thought. That's all he was capable of. Um, but yeah, fantastic display. Um, got some good tackles in. His recovery rate is is up there with everybody. I mean, our recovery rate is brilliant. I, I, Nate put a comment up. I think it was Nate anyway earlier saying they don't just get on each of us back and put their heads down when things don't go well. They they just hustle and bustle for that ball back, and he's the epitome of him. He's up there with Winks in terms of God. Is he a player that you do notice when he's not in the eleven? And that's not to say I don't, you know, I'm not suddenly hitting the panic button if, if when indeed he's not available. We we know we've got a few available options on there, Pratt and Eunice and and Cassidy. So it's not disaster, disaster. But what you do notice a difference when him or Winks aren't available for us. Um. Didn't have too much in the way of creativity. There was some players that. 
that I, I had more memorable games and, and outshone them a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to oh, swallow and try not to throw up here. I'm going to agree with Jordan here, and I'm going to go for a seven. Okay. I yeah, take everything on board that you say. But for me, his understanding that he's developing with um, um, it's Fatou, isn't it, on the same side as him, uh, it is, well, like you say, it was almost a, a don't look past that Fatou was playing. You know, for the first one, you're like, what the hell was that to? And then, you know, indeed he comes, you know, Usain Bolt through the, the centre and picks it up. Uh, and he did that a couple of times. And I, I've actually gone one better than you two. I've given him an eight um because of his involvement um uh, uh with that sort of uh effort and also obviously with with setting up the goal as well um everybody as well apart from us man of the match uh certainly alan's man of the match for about the 100th time this season love you alan thank you very much mate for all you do uh harry winks gets a seven off um jordan on the ball he was nowhere near as accurate as usual and that caused arguments with some of his teammates which will come to him at the end because uh uh scott asked the question but he showed superb energy to keep up with Jewsby hall and score the late winner seven if Duracell ever want to do an advert with uh, with Duracell Bunny racing against uh, Harry Winks, uh, uh, he'd be the perfect one to use it because that guy just runs. He runs forward, he runs backwards, he'll run over to the left side to get the ball, he'll run over to the right side to get the ball. He, he'll run, he'll, he, he could run from their goalkeeper to our goalkeeper just to get the short goal kick and then he'd run all the way he'd run forward with it just to give it to Inacho to run to and as you saw with his goal Chris he'll run alongside you to make sure you've got the option there the guy does not stop in fact if I ever make a battery company I'm going to call them Harry Winks and say they never run out because just, he just runs and runs and runs you'd have the perfect battery name for him because he just he reminds me, in that sense of his energy levels, he reminds me of Okazaki, but he can actually make the 90 minutes because he just never stops running, this guy. I mean, Jamie Vardy might have his red ball, but whatever Harry Winks is eating and drinking these days, I want to know because the guy just... He probably ran He probably won, ran back to Leicester. I don't even think he got on the team coach. I think he just ran back because he said, I'll get there quicker. <laughs> I can't give him a nine because I give that to him another match, but he's only one lover, Chris. He gets... When he actually goes down injured, that the physio actually undoes a little thing on the back of his uh, on his back and takes the batteries out and puts new ones in. I mean, the guy is amazing. Why Spurs fans, not all of them, because a lot of them were saying, Mike, you've got a good player there. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, he, he, he's, he's up, you know, well, I think he could be, he could argue he's up there with. Uh, with with, with um, Madison and he put puts more of an effort in. I think signing of the summer. I really do from anybody in this division, and I have given him an eight. I've gone again. Um, you you gave you gave him a what did you give him, Brad? Sorry. No, I did give him an eight. I realised I didn't give him an eight. I gave him a rating after all that plot, you know, plaudits I loaded on him. And I did say actually that doesn't mean I give him an eight because I can't give him a nine because that's that's hell for man of the matches only. That's what I was thinking. That's why, because I've gone nine for Faz, I've gone eight for Winks, but it could have been an eight and a half if we did halves. Jews um, <laughs> be all, uh, our oasis man. Uh, another goal, another assist. 
Uh, he is contributing hugely to his team, uh, even if a lot of stuff doesn't pay off. His run and header were excellent. He's becoming a hallmark of his, with his com- while his composure to set up the win and not go for gold himself showed his growth. Man of the match. Oh, he actually says man of the match here for Jordan, and he's given him an eight. Sorry, I forgot I was muting and muting again. KH, for the last three or four weeks, I've been asking for you to step out of Madison's shadow and become your own player. Mm. And KDH found his own identity in this game. He stopped trying to be James Madison and he became KDH because we don't need another James Madison. James Madison's going to be on them list of players that you talk about that were a, a a one-off talent that played for Leicester City, like Mares, like Kante. Let's face it, if we like the fact that he went to Spurs, I don't begrudge him at all, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he's his own identity. KDH needed just to be KDH. He didn't need to pretend to be Madison or Kante or anyone like that. We want KDH to be KDH. And when KDH does things like that, he plays like that, Chris. He got, he was brilliant. And again, kind of like the centre-back pairing, Chris. You can't have an eight for one without giving an eight to the other. So I'm going to give him an eight because his goal and his performance was what we see when KDH plays like he can. And if I keep KDH properly and more times, I might I might get a bonus. I don't know, Chris. If I say, say it anymore, maybe I'll get to... And it is possible on KDH. Other brands of players are available. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I've given him an eight as well. Um, I mean, great header. They don't see many headed goals off, off him. Uh, and he, he, is, he is improving. Um, look, we, we've got a good, you know, we've got uh, somebody that was, was supposed to be good with the youth and is now at Celtic. Um, how's that going in Europe, by the way, Brendan? Um Oh, it's not, is it? Um, to somebody that is actually doing things with, with younger players. And um, the thing with Barnes was that when he was with us, he got to a level and I didn't see him improve under Rodgers. He got to a certain level and that seemed to be as far as Rodgers could take him. Maybe we should just accept that that was, was how Rodgers works. KDH, I honestly think Enzo's taking him to another level. I think he has taken him another step forward. So it gets an eight for me. Uh, McAteer, Casey McAteer, uh, when he did get involved, oh, he linked the play really well, particularly with Ndidi, but he just didn't quite get into, get into space to receive the ball as often as he could. Six from uh, Jordan, Brad? Yeah, wasn't his finest outing, but again, he probably wasn't necessarily because he wasn't needed to be involved as much. Um, I do think, um, when West Brom were a little bit more open, having Fatu on that right is a better decision than having McAteer. But what McAteer does off the ball, Chris, is again he's he he's, he he pins himself out on that wing, and he stretches the defence. He stretches their their line to to allow a bit more of a gap and a bit more of a freedom for our midfield to try and poke holes in opposition's. Uh, defensive line and it, he's one of them players he kind of reminds me of Steve Gupp in the sense that sometimes it's more what you notice him do off the ball than it is on the ball and he doesn't really get praise for what he does off the ball and the fact is Chris you want to talk about a player in development under uh, under Enzo well 
I think we was all under the impression from the way he started the season that McAteer is a right-sided player. That's it. Right-sided player, brilliant. And maybe it's because we don't have any depth, but, you know, because we've still got Marcel in the team, um, and that's all I'm calling him. You know who I'm on about. I know he hasn't played since he scored that goal um, for us, but the fact that we have a, a, a wing, a winger that can play both sides and be just as comfortable and allow that substitution to happen and, 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 and swap and, and swap over instead of like for like in a way. I think his performance warrants a seven because sometimes you have to notice what they're doing off the ball to what they're actually doing on the ball. He he didn't get much to do on the ball in an attacking sense, but the way his positioning forced West Brom to spread out and and, and 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 caused a bit of confusion when he went on the left because they were like, well, we don't have to deal with him on this side. What do we do? It, it, it in turn freed Fatu up on the right because they were so concerned to, to how to deal with this new issue with McAteer that um, it inevitably led to the chances created and obviously the, the obvious one, the goal. So he gets a seven from me. Oh, excuse me. I agree again, one hundred percent with you. I've given him a seven. Um, what? What? He was always there for the ball. You know, you, in, you, you never sort of said, "Where's Casey McAteer?" Because basically, you just had to look onto the wing, uh, either side, and you, you know, it was on that line. You know, he was always making himself available. That's the phrase I was looking for. It was always, it was always making himself available for the ball. He was never shy and hiding. Um, I hadn't seen him play on that left side since Northampton in the pre-season. And it was in that Northampton game, I looked and I thought, wow, who needs Barnes? You know what I mean? And, and obviously, he, he went to that side. So it's good that we've got a player there that can play both sides. I agree with you. I've given him a seven. Uh, right. <sighs> if I dare read this one out now. Kelechi Iheanacho. Oh, Remember, Brad, don't shoot the messenger. Do you want to? Do you want to change the player up top first? Thank you. I, I, I haven't been doing that at all this tonight. I've been that excited. Kalechi, you see, he didn't tell me, did he, ladies and gentlemen? He didn't tell me when it wasn't any other when it was any other player I hadn't moved. But because his little his little um, um, love child wasn't up there, he had to comment. Anyway, this might bring him down to earth a little bit. Jordan says it was another performance in which he was far from his best, but credit must be given to him. But despite fans getting frustrated with him, he kept his head to send Dewsbury Hall away at the death. He gets a five. <laughs> so I thought I'd keep myself on mute while I lost me ever loving ever there. Um, it's got nothing to do with his rating. No, to be honest with you, uh, I don't think Jordan understands the difference between Vardy and Iheanacho because, look, he didn't always get the ball. And I, I don't know if he's not read, read the rule book on Iheanacho, but you're not going to get a striker from Iheanacho that has seven, eight chances a game. He's going to have two or three, and he's probably going to roll one of them in the bottom corner. And he, he scuffed his chance against West Brom, but he scored many a goal like that and rolled it into the bottom corner. And his pinpoint accuracy uh, when he gets it right is good. His his ability uh, and his style of play to come back and add that extra body into the midfield 
really is pivotal to Leicester trying to play a fast, a faster pace of football because Vardy can come really deep and has that acceleration to go at, at the teams, whereas Ian Acho needs to come less deep, if that makes sense, so he can get the ball early and then he can turn, run at teams. And ironically, just, just as if it proved his point in, in, in the goal, Chris, he can let players who are faster than him get in front and lay the ball through to them to do, to, to, to do the final final bit of work. Yes, he frustrates you. Yes, sometimes he's like he's got concrete in his boots the way he controls the ball. But sometimes it's like watching Kevin De Bruyne control the ball. Um, he got a bit fortunate with, with, with the goal itself, with the way it kind of pinged off the West Brom leg and pinged off his foot to get it. But he, he works so hard for, for, for that ball. And I know people question him sometimes and say he looks a bit like he's not really into it. That's just Kalechi. The guy strolls around as if he's got all day. And then when he's needed to, he bursts into life and he goes at them. And again, having that player that's kind of buzzing around in your rear roll, putting you off what you're doing and getting in your face and, and, and kind of being like, God, I'm trying to mark Winks. I can't mark him if I know he's there because what if he gets the ball? He causes chaos off the ball. Um, and I think he's really under underappreciated to what he does. It still wasn't his best game, having said that. He still looks a little bit low on confidence in front of goal. He's gone a while without scoring now and it is becoming a little bit of a concern especially when he's going to go away in a few weeks and we're not going to have him here to be able to do that for us. I am going to give him a, I am going to give him a seven though, because I do think he offers more than what Jordan clearly sees. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I was surprised it was Spider-Man one, to be honest with you, but fair enough. I haven't got that. I've, I've taken that off, to be honest with you. I, I've, I've cut back on the ones that I've got. i got to agree with you, and I, I sometimes get a bit frustrated with uh, Kelechi and Acho, but I don't think we do appreciate what he does off the ball. You know, you, you, and I think you know you, you, you've got a striker, and you think, right, that striker should be scoring goals. That striker should be doing... He's, there is more to him than that. He's never going to be, um, although he nearly was once a twenty-goal season striker. He's never going to, you know, he's, he's not a, a Jamie Vardy. You know, he's not a Kevin Keegan. But when you look at what he does off the ball, and you forget that sometimes. And yes, what a through. I mean, that time I can't remember who it was when I think it was it last season when he played a ball through. Uh, even though he, he just pulled his hamstring, he still had enough just to get a, a lovely ball. Through through for a goal um uh, he's not selfish and it was a lovely through ball to kdh it was inch perfect ever you want to see about play, playing a ball uh, a, a ball through for your opposition teammate to run onto there is the prime example uh, it gets seven from me again not his best game maybe if he'd got a goal it, it might have been eight but no but seven i agree with you totally there brad uh, do and finally, because for me, Cassidy, I'm not going to give him anything because he wasn't on the pitch really. I didn't really even even notice him. Uh, but Mavid, sorry, last but least, sorry, Mavidi, not last, one off the last. Mavidi put in every effort defensively and was picked up excellent position in the box to make himself a threat, hitting the post in the first half. It was a subject of fan frustration for going backwards and not forwards when the space was there to be dribbled into. Got a six off Jordan. 
Now then, um, who was the comment earlier? Nate said, when was the last time I was impressed with uh, Mavadidi? It was probably back to when my memory serves me correctly from when I can remember the Blackburn Rovers game. Um, that was the last time he really impressed me um, for for doing realistically what he's paid to do and what we paid the money for to bring him in. Because he was attacking down the left, he was cutting inside, he was shooting, he was creating havoc. Um, however, I'm going to kind of shock people here a little bit because I know where people are thinking, oh God, he's going to give him a 5 or a 6 then because he wasn't the greatest today. And I have already criticised the fact that when he did shoot, he seemed a bit hesitant and that's what allowed Furlong to get back at him a few times <coughs> Excuse me, and, 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 stop, and stop him really doing better with the ball in attacking sense. But I'm going to give him a lot of credit in this game. Because he did the dirty work. He did the work that you don't really expect to see being asked of from wingers. And it's something that was never really asked of was Barnes because, A, it wasn't Barnes's strength. And when you did ask him to do it, he was hopeless at it. And B, it, it, it restricted getting the best out of what Barnes could do. And that was attacking in the forward sense. Mavadidi is maybe being developed to be a complete winger because the reason Justin for me had such a game is because five yards in front of him, Mavadidi was there to free him up. So Justin could run into that gap and Justin could be like a two man springing attack on that left with Mavadidi. Uh, because again, the one thing we are very rich in is pace on both wings and having Justin and, and Mavadidi working as like a dynamic duo and not 40 yards apart from each other on the edge of the pitch really benefits the team collectively. Yes, he made a few sideways and backwards passing when you're thinking, oh, come on, go forward with it, man, and run at them. But I think he's matured because in that first seven, eight, nine, ten games of the season or whatever you want to break it on, Chris, he was a raw out-and-out winger. It was given a ball, run at defence, shoot, cross. That's your job. That's all you can do. That's all you're going to do. But I think he's matured over the, the, the other, the, the, these last nine games, to an all-round winger. And I, for that reason, I can't give him an eight because he didn't have a good performance in the attacking sense, but I am going to give him a seven, Chris, because I thought his all-round game you know, wasn't so strong in the attacking sense, but his defensive side helped balance it out. So for me, he gets a seven. I think for the first, no, second time, only the second time, I'm actually agreeing with Jordan here. I've given him a six. Um, and that's based on sort of the time he was on, on the pitch, because uh, obviously he was substituted. But no, I, I've got, didn't do anything particularly wrong, but, you know, it wasn't quite on form for me. Um, and again, you didn't tell me, did you? Look, you wanted me to leave your love child up there. <laughs> Get that quiet, mate. Um, right, let's have a look at the substitutes. Um, Fataru, uh, off Mr. Jordan. Uh, unlike against Watford a week ago when his arrival off the bench saw City players look at him from time. Uh, look at him time and time again. He didn't get on the ball as often, but did provide the pass where he needed to set up the first goal. Jordan, 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 five. 
I'm I'm not going to swear, but I think you can tell what I'm going to what I mean to say here. Jordan, why don't you just fudge off, mate? Why don't you just fudge off and leave the ratings to the professionals? Because you you ain't you, you might be able to see, but in terms of football and noticing what's going on, you're absolutely you're more blind than Stevie Wonder, mate. Let me tell you, Jordan, why you're wrong. <clears throat> Okay, you're wrong for so many reasons. First of all, he's completely different to McAteer. McAteer has the ability to, to drive into the box, come short, go wide to create space, drift apart. Fatawu is able to do that, but he is more comfortable at getting the ball to into in front of him, running onto the ball, knocking it past the defender, knocking it past the midfielders that are trying to catch him, playing the ball into an advanced player, getting a cross in uh, himself, or playing it onto somebody to do that to do that role instead. And he's an outlet. He's someone that they can recycle the ball to so he can put a crossing from out wide into a packed box because he's allowing players to get forward and get into dangerous attacking areas. Right? So that's why you're really wrong. And second of all, Jordan, I don't know if you noticed this, mate, me good old buddy, me old pal, me old China mug, right? But he was probably our most creative outlet to our two biggest chances in that second half. He played the ball to Ndidi who got the cross in that was missed by everybody. And had, had had that happened for the first time, we may have seen two-headed goals from KDH in that game. He also created the space, was quick to get the ball forward. And guess what, Jordan? He played the ball into a gap. Indeed, he uh, caught the, the, the defenders cold because they didn't know where, who he was passing it to. And he got the cross in and he scored the goal. Now, if you don't think that's a very reliable and good player that knows what he's doing, and, and, and Chris, we had this discussion on another channel, if you could cancel someone's loan and sign them immediately, Fatu would be the one I'd be sending back to bring back immediately as it is. For me, Chris, for a substitute appearance, I don't usually go too high in numbers when they don't have long on the pitch, but he had longer than most as a substitute. I'm going to give him a very respectable eight. I think he was vital. I think he was vital in in Leicester's spell of good pressure and he was also very vital in the goal. So <laughs> Jordan, you don't know what you're talking about. You're blinder than Stevie Wonder at reading talent and what they actually do on the pitch. He gets an eight. Jordan, I, I very much respect your work as a fellow journalist, and I must say, um, the thoughts of Brad are not necessarily those of Richard ID. I've given him a seven. Correct. <laughs> I've given him a seven. Uh, I agree with you. I think he did make the difference when he came on. Um, uh, maybe I was being a little bit... You made me wonder if I've been a little bit unfair, to be honest with you, but... I, I, I thought, first of all, six. And I thought, well, actually, no. Because not only did he not only create the goal, but he did, you know, very similar as well. So, no, I'm gonna, I've given him a seven. Um, for me, um, Cashadi, I'm not going to rate him because I didn't really see enough of him. Are you, do you agree, Brad? He hooked the ball clearance. And I feel sorry for him because it, it, it's not really going as well as he, he or we hoped. But I give him the bog standard substitute five because right, yeah. he came on, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have any chance to do anything right either, but he did hook the ball away from a, from a long throw. So I give, I give him a, I give him a sympathy five. 
Yeah, no, I, would, yeah, I, I will agree with you. Well, that's the player ratings. Literally two more comments to come and we'll do it straight after this. Coming up next on Leicester Till I Die TV. It is the debate show tomorrow at seven o'clock. Uh, Kate is back. Yes, all the way back. She got out. She was released from Vietnam. She is back. And Dave, so we'll probably end up talking Brussels sprouts and sausages and all sorts because Dave's on. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that it's tomorrow night, seven o'clock on this very channel. Join us. Be there or be square, as they say. Um, Brad, uh, just uh, you, we, we mentioned earlier who's playing who over the festive period. Um, so let me just have a look. And I can tell you, uh, if we look at Ipswich first, they've got coming up um, Middlesbrough this coming Saturday, Watford, Norwich, 23rd of December, they play Leeds. Ooh. Uh, and then they've got, obviously got us on Boxing Day and then QPR. Um, so they've got Leeds and Leicester, so a very uh, important festive period for them. Leeds, as we therefore know, will have uh, Ipswich, but they've got Blackburn. Uh, they've then got Sunderland, uh, Coventry. Then they've got Ipswich, Preston. And they've got West Brom on the 29th. So, really, they've just got Ipswich to, 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 to play. Um, that, that affects us really well. All right, West Brom, you could argue as well. Um, did you want to look at Southampton as well? No, just Leeds and Ipswich. Right. Okay, well, that's who it is. I want to just ask this last question before we go, mate, because uh, Scott did ask this earlier. Uh, talking to communications, Brad's thoughts on Mavadidi and Wink's chat on the pitch. Brackets argument and brackets. I think sometimes it, it's needed. I don't think anyone's infallible to mistakes, but I also don't think they're infallible to not being told. Come on, mate. Um, you know, you, come on, mate. Make a better pass. I'm there. Um. Oh God, don't don't start. D D Dave's Dave's just got angry hearing that. He he he, he heard your comment there, Nate. He, he got angry about it. No, for me, he, he, I like to see it because I don't think it's ever like handbags at dawn sort of thing. I think sometimes it's like, oh come on, mate, I made the run. Notice me running. I'm going in that gap where we we've talked about. We've worked on this in the training ground. Get it better. And then, you know, these players seem to go, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm on it. And you see it all the time. A player goes, yeah, sorry, my bad. Puts put their hand up, realise they've made a mistake or what they tried has gone wrong, so they, they shouldn't have tried it. I, I, I like it. It's healthy to see in a team, you know. It, it's good to see. I don't think it was so much as an argument as Scott's put. I can see sometimes facial expressions and that. It, it, it can look to that. But, no, I, I like to see it. I think sometimes you feel a bit like, I'm making all these runs and never getting the ball, and he's never passing it right. I'm going to have a word with him, and and, and I think these players are acceptant of, of of criticism, if you will, from each other, and they probably appreciate it. It seems to work for him, Chris. Yes, it does, and as long as he doesn't get to the uh, Batty, who was it? David Batty at Newcastle argued with. Um, no, Bowyer and Dyer. That's it, Bowyer and Dyer. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get to that stage, but uh, but there we go. Look, it Plymouth next. Um, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to bring a pasty in for that. Um, we can't, we can't eat a pasty when we're playing Plymouth, you can never eat a pasty. Um, and then we've got Millwall next, uh, Wednesday. 
And, of course, we've got Millwall in the FA Cup uh, first uh, weekend in January as well. Um, but, look, let's just bask in it. Let's let's enjoy the moment that was 94th minute, Harry Winks. And, Brad, thank you very much, sir. As always, have a great rest of the, well, what's left of the weekend. And I will see you on, are you free on Thursday for, the, for a preview to stand in for Craig? Yeah, I can do that, mate. I can stand in for that. Don't you worry about that. Thursday, then, it seems. I will see you on Thursday. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good one. Take care, buddy. Take care, mate. Take care, everybody. Thanks to Brad, as always. Um, he, he, can, he can break down football. I can't do that. I can't talk things like he can. So absolutely appreciate Brad's input, as always, on these shows. Uh, let us know if you enjoy the show in the description below. Um, we've started doing these. Uh, they are kind of extra shows. We did them mainly when we lost, um, but we're doing it now when we win. Um, let me know. Like I say, put it in the comments below your thoughts. Uh, if you're new and you haven't done yet, please do subscribe. Smash those likes. I can't keep telling you how much it does does help the channel. I will see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, if you want to listen to me, 7 a.m., uh, surreyhillsradio.co.uk. I'm hosting The Breakfast Show. Thanks for everybody that was in the chat. Really do appreciate it. Thanks to all the members for their continued support as well. If you want to become a member, again, details, there's a link below. Um, thanks. And uh, don't forget, like I say, like, subscribe, and click that notification bell. This has been LTID TV. I've been Chris, and I will be back. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.